wanted to just overview two weeks ago very quickly because it kind of parlays into what today is. So two weeks ago, we talked about seeking God in the midst of uncertainty. Seeking first the kingdom of God was one point. Prioritize relationship with him. Focus on him and not our circumstances. That God was bigger than our circumstances and that we can find strength in God's presence. I shared a little bit about the lessons that I learned from God when we lost our child. Um, To walk in the light of God's word and then that also God provides everything we need. And through this process in this second message today, we often seek God for direction. But it's also another thing to trust him when he gives us the direction. I think there's many times in my life where I prayed and then once I've been given direction, it's hard to all right, God, is this, is this really you? And step out into that. Or I step out and trust God, but then somewhere in the mix, I let my faith become hidden and insecure, and then I try to do things in my own strength. So today, we're going to continue the message with talking about trusting in God. And the first point here is trusting in God's direction. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I don't know if you heard of this man before his name changed. His name was Abram. And in Genesis 12, God spoke to Abram, and the Lord said, Abram, leave your country your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I don't know about you, but that's kind of a cool word. I think at some point, maybe in all of our hearts, we want that word for ourselves. I know I am definitely one of those people who have always wanted to be overly blessed by God, never wanting hard circumstances, never wanting challenges, and just everything I do to be hunky-dory. But what happens in our walk with the Lord, despite him giving Abraham a good word and a promise and a blessing, there were still challenges that would face him. And he'd have to make decisions on whether or not he put his trust in the Lord and the word that God gave him or in his own strength. And I'm going to move this here to the side for a second. I think all of us have gotten pretty good at walking over our lives. And as we walk, it's always taking one step forward. But if you notice... What actually you're doing is you're falling forward, one step at a time. But we don't look at it as falling. It's just a natural part of walking. It, it's almost subconscious. But what's unique about when we walk and we fall, it's at that point of impact where we get to be able to propel ourselves forward naturally. 
using an immovable object to push forward. And I think so many times in my life, I've looked at situations where I've failed, and I feel like I've missed God, and I can't go forward. I've ruined it. I've missed it. And because of that, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to blame God or blame yourself. But what I love about the story of Abraham, this dude had so many failures in trusting in the Lord. When God spoke to Abraham to go to a new land, Abraham left. But when he got there, he found a famine. And so when he arrived in this promised land, he then actually turned and then went to Egypt. So he left the place that God told him to go. And out of his own strength and trying to take control of the circumstances, he went to greener pastures. His idea was to go by the Nile because the Nile had water, and then because of the water, you could farm. And so by taking it into his own circumstances and out of Instead of trusting God to be planted in the place that God said he would bless him, he went. And then when he got to Egypt, another interesting thing happened. And he learned that when you come in as a foreigner, one of the things that can happen is your property can be taken by Egyptians and you can be murdered and killed without any consequences. And so what ended up happening is that Abraham became afraid that his wife Sarah would be taken and he would be murdered. So he told her, which is partially true that she was also his sister. That's another long conversation that we can have later. But through this process, he said, hey, tell people you're my sister so they don't murder me. He was trusting his own strength and his own divisive plans to manipulate a situation so that he would be okay. When Abraham felt fear, he had the choice to trust God to protect him or to try to take matters into his own hand. So instead, he took the matters into his own hand. His wife ended up being taken as interest to Pharaoh. And through this process, once Pharaoh took her, plagues came on his household and his family in that area. And then he said, what did you do to me? He gave Abraham's wife back to him. So now we see Abraham. He goes to the land that God tells him, leaves because it wasn't circumstantially pleasant, goes into another country, doesn't trust God to provide there, tries to take in his own strength, and even when he messed up there, God still provided his wife to come back to him. So Abraham lost the place, Canaan, and lost his wife. Then, after 
moving back eventually to the area that God had planned for him. In Genesis 16, we see the promise of being a father of many nations and having a son delayed. So what happened is, with conversation with his wife Sarah, Sarah thought it would be a good idea for Abraham to have a son or a child with the maidservant. And they did. And again, when facing delay of God's promise, they tried to take God's plans into their own strength and their own ability and to make it happen. He did not trust God for his son, but he trusted his own strength. They did not have approval from God for this direction. And I think overall, it was probably a pretty bad plan trying to force God's promises to come to be. I don't know if any of you guys are like me. My mom can attest to this. Sometimes it takes me more than once to to learn a lesson. And sometimes I have to go through the same pain multiple times to learn. And uh, Abraham was kind of in the same scenario. There was a new king, a new ruler that came to the region. And he was afraid for his life. So again, he told Sarah, tell people you're my sister. Once again, Sarah was taken. And now Abimelech, after taking Sarah, had a dream and a visitation from God that he was going to be cursed. And it scared him. And then he essentially cursed Abraham and said, what did you do to me? And he sent Sarah back to Abraham. In each one of these choices, in these moments in life, Abraham had a decision to make. Either he would trust in the plan that God had for him, or he wouldn't, and try to take matters into his own hands. And it's not that God doesn't need our help by any means, because sometimes, I mean, obviously he works through people to do things. But a few weeks ago, as was it, it was Earl or Aaron? I can't remember. We're talking about driving God versus being led by God. Earl, okay, it was you. So many times we're trying to still do that. Even after God gives us direction. Even after he tells us, hey, just stay put. Or even after I'm going to protect you. I remember one time I was working at a hardware store. And this lady walks in, and she just seemed really distraught. And so I approached her, and I said, hi, how can I help you? And she goes, I'm just angry and upset, and I just want to spend money to feel better. It's true. And I, and I said, well, that's probably not going to help you. But what's going on? How can I help you? Inviting her to share her story. She went on to tell me how her husband was cheating on her. And not only just cheating on her, but with one of her best friends. And she didn't know what to do. She just wanted to spend money. And so I was at that point, I was just like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. 
And I started sharing Jesus with her. And she was a very attractive woman, not in my age demographic. And then one of my managers started walking my way, and I just knew immediately his heart and his intentions because I've been around him. And anytime there's an attractive person, he tries to weasel his way into a conversation. That's just been his M.O. And so I realized he's coming. I'm witnessing and I'm giving her direction from God. What am I going to do about this gentleman who's coming? And so he comes in. He goes, hey, Evan, thanks for her help. I'll, I'll take care of it from here. And I looked at him. I said, no, I have it. You're good to walk away. Yeah, I, I stepped on my, my boss's feet, and he didn't like that, or manager's feet. And this is the same manager who had been trying to get me fired for a while because even though he wasn't the store manager, he was a manager, and I had a lot of favor with the store manager. And he'd been making up lies and tons of different stuff. Well, I knew through this process something was going to happen. I just didn't know what. But I knew she was in a vulnerable spot, and I didn't want what was on his heart and mind to interrupt what God was trying to do in her life. So after that whole situation ends, she leaves. Evan, come to the office. I get that page and says, like, all right, I know it's about to happen. I'm probably going to get written up for something false again. And so I go, he's like, how dare you be insubordinate and just really laid into me. I was like, look. Here's what happened to her. She wasn't needing help. She was just looking for someone to confide in. And since I already had a rapport with her and I was ministering to her heart, that's what I was doing. That's why I didn't want you to interrupt. I didn't say for the fact that he was a horn dog, but he was. And so he's like, well, that is unacceptable. This is a place of business. You do not need to be doing ministry here. And I said, well, sir, I appreciate that, but I'm going to minister any chance and every opportunity I get to those who are in need. And he dismissed me and he said, he'll write me up tomorrow. This is my last write-up and I'm going to get fired. So, I go home. I'm talking with my wife. You're smiling. I go home. I'm talking to my wife and I was like, no, I walked home because it was at your parents' at the time. Oh, you picked me up? Okay. Well, she remembers. She picked me up. And Get, as we get home, I'm just telling her everything. And I said, I think I'm going to lose my job tomorrow. And she just prayed that through this process that God would shake him to leave me alone. And simultaneously through the process, not just in that moment, but previously with other run-ins, I felt like God telling me, Evan, just let me defend you. Don't defend yourself. Because so many times in other situations... When I've had other leadership, I felt like I've had to defend myself. And so at this point, I was just completely trusting God. And the next morning, I walk into work. He's there, and I'm trying to hurry up so he doesn't see me and go clock in. And I don't even get to clock in, and he calls me to the, the main office. And he goes, Evan, um, I need to apologize to you. And I'm like, oh, what happened? He goes, I had a dream last night. And he wasn't a religious man. He didn't really believe in God, but God spoke to him. And he he said, God spoke to me in a dream. And he told me, if I don't leave you alone, something bad is going to happen to me. (laughs) So, I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll stop 
for asking you. And I was just like, yes. You know, I was telling my wife what happened. And I would love to say, oh, this was great. You know, it took about two weeks before he started going back at his old shenanigans. And then God opened an opportunity for me to step into real estate around that time. And that's the decision that I decided to go in. But what I learned in that moment is that God would fight my battles. And oftentimes, growing up, I didn't feel like God was fighting for me. I was bullied the majority of, well, pretty much till I got to college. And so it became really hard to trust God to fight my battles. But through that process, what I have learned is that even if I don't see how God is working or understand, that I can trust Him. Four times, Abraham had an opportunity to trust in the Lord. And he didn't. And he failed. But yet, God still reconciled the situation. What's so interesting is there was a moment where Abraham didn't fail. And it was when God said to Abraham to go sacrifice your son Isaac. And it was without hesitation. It was the very next morning. What ended up happening is took Isaac to the mountain, got him ready. Isaac was carrying the wood. He said, hey, where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide. And when we think about sacrificing an animal or that moment of Isaac, a lot of people, and myself included, think it was one of these things. But in reality, when you lay a sacrifice down, it's more of a slitting of the throat. And so as Isaac was laying there, we, we have this image when we read Scripture that God sent an angel to stop Abraham as the knife was in the air. And so we think about it like this, but in reality, it was more of, it was right, right there. But when we look at the faith that Abraham had, he trusted that regardless of what would happen to his son, that God was big enough and powerful enough and able to raise Isaac from the dead. And if you look at Scripture as well, it actually costed Abraham quite a bit because after they came back down from the mountain Sarah and Isaac parted ways with him for a while and Sarah eventually died and then that's when Abraham was able to get her remains and to bury her there was a cost associated with trusting the Lord but through this process I think it also helped fulfill what we see when God delivered Jesus to the cross so that he could die for our sins. There are some theories that the promise of Jesus' death was contingent on the sacrifice of Isaac if Abraham would fulfill the part that God asked him to do since they were in a covenant together. We don't know truly what would have happened if not because the story didn't go that way.
But what I do know is that after multiple failures, when God could have said, you know what? I promised I would bless you, but you ain't getting it, so I'm going to go find someone else. God didn't do that. He gave him the opportunity to learn and to grow and to protect him and to, to change the direction and the situation for him. But then there was a time that Abraham got it right in trusting the Lord. Through this process, when we trust God's plan, we can expect trials to happen. And through these trials, our happiness is not guaranteed. And that's what I think Abraham, one of the things that Abraham learned, is because when he got to Canaan the first time, it was not pleasant. His expectation of what the blessing would be was a a bountiful land, and it just wasn't there at that time. He was more concerned about the situation and the circumstance and his happiness and his ability, and also in fear that if it's not fruitful that they would die. So our happiness is not guaranteed through God's promises or even through the trials. When we face decisions, we have to recognize that we have two choices, fear or faith. And that when we're in these moments that we don't have to trust on our own ability, but we just have to be obedient with what God has told us to do. And then lastly, when we make plans, because part of obeying God is one, being led by Him and not getting, trying to drive Him, but also doing our part by submitting and surrendering things and making plans unto the Lord. And when we do that, we want to pray for His guidance. We want to commit to obey God's word. We want to seek counsel of God's people and submit our plans to God because ultimately he's the one that leads and guides our path. And so through this process of when we are trusting in God's plan, I just want to say, if you miss it, God is faithful to course correct you. And there's a difference of me screwing my life up and choosing the wrong path versus walking in faith and it's just going to be hard. I think so many times we make poor decisions and it's easy to say, well, God, your plan isn't working out. Well, no, that was my poor decision. Because we see that with Abraham. He made poor decisions not to trust God. And it was harder for him. But when we can trust in the Lord with all our heart, and lean not on our own understanding. We can seek his will, and he will lead and guide us, and he will direct our path. So today, as we close, my prayer for you is this, that as we go from Sunday and we go to Monday all the way to next Sunday, that if God is leading and guiding you into something, that you won't look at your past mistakes, but you can look at what God has done for you and helped you through the process. And that you can trust in the Lord despite what's going on in our country, politically, despite what's going on financially, despite what's going on into our own bank accounts, 
that God is the God who will make a way and direct our path. God, I thank you for who you are and what you've done through and by your son's shed blood. Lord, I thank you that you lead us and guide us into all truth, into righteousness, into holiness, into relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that you lead and guide us based off of peace that we have in you regardless of our situation and regardless of our circumstances. So, Lord, as we leave here today and we move forward with this week, I just thank you that you show us your direction and that even in the midst of hardship and trials and tribulations that we will lean into faith and not fear. And that as we live our lives, we can live it with the assurance and knowing that you are with us in every situation, in every circumstance, no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are here today and you haven't accepted Christ, we'd be more than happy to have you come up and do so at this time as we're getting ready to sing our ending song.